0: Hey, it's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Pivot to my next guest, and I'll do that now. Uh, joined by South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, United Airlines uh, getting ready to fire 593 employees with a uh, their vaccine requirement. Uh, That's a private company. But now to the president, President Biden's vaccine mandate and its constitutionality or not. Uh, General Wilson, great to have you on the show, sir.
1: It's great to be with you, David. Thank you for having me on your program.
0: Let's dive right in. Uh, I've seen the case being made in both directions, if you will, those who say there's a legal precedent for this, but that's been countered uh, by those who address the OSHA rule as it's written, uh, that the president cannot overreach. And of course, the legal scholars like yourself, uh, the experts uh, weighing in on this. So uh, where do you stand in the legal response to the president?
1: Well, David, this is, first off, I, I listened to his press conference on September the 9th, and I found it incredibly divisive in its rhetoric and, and legally flawed. Divisive in his rhetoric. In, in the one hand, he is pitting the vaccinated against the unvaccinated in, in this country and, and basically saying this is not about uh, freedom or personal choice. It's about protecting those around you. And that's that's entirely not true because you could apply that logic to anything free speech, uh, owning a gun, if it's not about protect, if it's about if it's not about freedom or personal choice, it's about protecting yourself or others, you could apply that to owning a gun, speaking freely, you could apply it to anything and so I, I think the, the president's uh, comments are dictatorial in nature, and I'll explain why when you look at the Constitution, uh, I don't dispute that states and or the federal government has the authority under the under the Under the Constitution to pass mandates of some type, but generally those mandates are passed through legislation passed by the people 's elected representatives either in Congress or the state legislature, and they're pursuant to, to an authority granted to the Congress or the state legislature in this case, the Congress can pass uh, Federal laws uh, with their spending authority and assign, attach attached conditions to the money, you can have the federal money if you do x, y and z, and the states are free to take the money or not based on the conditions uh, Congress can also uh, under its commerce power I, I believe in a more restrictive commerce clause and the the folks on the left side of the aisle do, but they have done that, and the courts have upheld it uh, but when you look at the Constitution um you have the specifically delegated powers to Congress to do certain things, and then everything not in that list is left to the states, meaning the states have general police authority. Um, the states could pass a mandate with, with certain constitutionally protected accommodations. What Joe Biden did on September 9th does not fall into either one of those camps. This is not a state law being passed, and it's not even a federal law being passed. It's a, it's a federal regulation under OSHA, and if you look at OSHA, OSHA stands for the Occupational Safety and Health Act, and that administration that administers that act was designed to deal with hazards and substances and, and things creating dangers that are associated with specific occupations, not general dangers arising in the world. So he's stretching the meaning of OSHA to go beyond what it was originally intended by Congress. So he he does not have congressional authority, nor is it congressional law. And he's trying to weaponize private employers to do something um, that they may not want to do by using a regulation that does not even apply to them. And it's being passed in a way that evades public comment and notice. So there's no elected representatives involved in this. This is done by executive fiat and and that is what we reject and in the when the attorney general sent a letter to the president that is what we told him that we reject that he doesn't have the authority
0: now, i want to put some uh, other points in play for you to respond to uh and it goes in line with this idea of forced participation forced vaccination in any way uh We're talking about coercing uh, some 80 million unvaccinated Americans, right? That's the number, the round number. If you look at our total population and you do the numbers, 80 million represents just under 25%. Herd immunity, natural immunity, the science, not the ideological science, but the actual science, is not even being considered by this administration.
1: No, you're you're 100% right. Uh, you know, at first we were told the lockdowns and the mask were to prohibit the over, overwhelming of hospitals and ERs and medical equipment and then just give us the time to push down that curve. Well, we did that and then it, it, they keep moving the goalpost. Then it's to, well, we got to get to herd immunity. Now it's we got to completely eliminate COVID and every single variant that offshoots from it. Um, And again, you will never get to the end zone on this issue because there is always going to be a crisis associated with COVID so that people like Joe Biden can continue to promulgate rules and regulations through executive fiat. Um, so yeah, there, there's never going to be a point in which there's herd immunity or we have enough uh, capacity in the hospitals. Those are just straw men. Uh, that is not the real reasons. They want to control you. And and, and they're using the perceived crisis. And, and by the way, David, I want to say one thing. In his remarks, he sat there and he said, the vaccine's make you safe. The vaccines prevent you from becoming seriously ill or dying. If you're vaccinated, you're fine. And then he turned around and said, people uh, who are unvaccinated are creating grave dangers for those who are vaccinated. Well, either the vaccines work or they don't. And yes, there are breakthrough cases and there are anecdotal stories. But when you look at it statistically, you're going to find that with the, the annual influenza shot. Um, So there's always going to be a reason uh, there's always going to be a reason to justify on their side to have some mandate and some government intrusion upon the individual liberties of people
0: in challenging this legally. uh, And uh, does it support your case? It was the reason I brought up that example, because what I'm actually applying there is the guidance uh, by the CDC, NIH, uh, even Dr. Anthony Fauci on the definitions of herd immunity anyone can check with their doctor you find that as a percentage of the population reaches that point Uh, and you're right there can be breakthrough cases that's life right viruses are living things they mutate just like the flu virus does year to year and in various ways Uh, so applying even their own and actual science is that enough to shore up the argument against this not just the the specific legal, but to use their own regulatory, uh, if you will, regulatory framework
1: against them? Well, like I said, they're constantly and continually moving the goalposts. They're moving the standards, and they keep saying they're following the science, but their science keeps changing. Uh, they, Like I said, uh, the science changes based on Uh, Who's in office. If you recall last year, they were anti-vaccine because it was Donald Trump's vaccine. Uh, (laughs) And now it's their vaccine and they're going to cram it down your throat because that's what the science says. But last year, the science says don't do it so I just don't really trust anything coming you know and again I'm not an anti-science person I'm, and I do, want, I do think we ought to listen to medical experts but, there's, but medical experts living in this administration they have a singular purpose they're not considering the economic consequences of the rules that they're promulgating they're not considering the psychological consequences on the mandates and the lockdowns and how it's affecting children and families and businesses and you know people you know suicide rates are going up crime is going up I mean they, they're only focused on a number, an anecdotal number at best, not even statistical number. And the statistics, like I said, they're evolving to um, support whatever their political narrative is at that time.
0: Look, this is ideological science. I offer you that term to respond to the Biden administration because it is not following the science. Again, why I use that example, which provides that 75 percent of the population is vaccinated While 20, you know, less than 25% is not at 80 million, but their own rules, uh, it would seem to me that OSHA is in violation of the very guidelines around this general rule, because how do they prove given the numbers, the statistics the various factors uh, beyond what we've discussed, how do they say that they are somehow exposing employees to grave danger from exposure to substances or agents? You know, this just doesn't add up.
1: Well, it, it, It does not add up. And again, the president in one hand says you're creating a grave danger by not getting vaccinated and you're putting the vaccinated at severe risk. And then he turns around and says, and people who are vaccinated are perfectly safe and statistically safe from uh, any grave danger, any cause of chance of death any, or serious illness. So you can't have both. Either you're in grave danger or you're not. And so he's speaking out of both sides of his mouth. He's dividing the country into different columns, and he's pitting people against each other. He's pitting, He's pitting employers against employees. he's pitting the vaccinated against the unvaccinated, and he's uh, pitting the regulatory oligarchy against the people of the United States. And he's saying, "If you don't agree with me, you are against science, you hate kids." you know, and you're, you're a wingnut, and, and that's what he's doing. I've never seen a president so divisive on anything as I'm seeing right now.
0: Yeah. I, by the way, it, it, do me a favor because I've asked this of everyone I've discussed this with. Uh, glib but a point taken, and sometimes a talk show host being glib. Uh, how does the virus know whether you have 90 employees or 101
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's a very good point. Um, it, how does the virus know uh, that lockdowns begin at eleven o'clock? You know, we've had some states do that. I mean, it doesn't COVID doesn't come out at certain times of the day. Um, David, I want to leave you with a point, or at least make a point for the for the people out there that are listening to this program who are for Governor or President Biden's policies, who are for this progressive approach to dealing with the, you know, using ocean going through regulatory fiat. You may like the policies and the policy objectives of a particular administration, but when you expand government to be able to have this kind of authority under people you agree with, you need to remember that one day there's going to be people in charge of this government you do not agree with who are likely or or could possibly use this same power against your positions, your political positions. That's why we have checks and balances. And you may be um, cheering for it right now, but it's going to be used against you one day, and you shouldn't support it. And I remember, and I wrote an article in the Washington Times about this very issue, and I ended that argument with a very famous and prophetic quote by Benjamin Franklin. He said, they that can give up essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. And that is very applicable to what we're dealing with right now. You're willing to give up everything to this government because they make you feel safe based on rhetoric, but you're giving up liberty that you're never going to get back. And so you really don't deserve either if you're willing to do that.
0: Yeah, and by the way, well written piece. Uh, I went through it. I like the fact that, or the way you uh, stated that the president basically put the Constitution on the uh, on the chopping block. I think you actually said wrote proverbial chopping block. Constitution be damned, full speed ahead. Good for you and your fellow attorney generals for standing up to this. We'll be following
1: this closely. Thank you, David. Great to be with you.
0: Thank you, sir. Alan Wilson, South Carolina Attorney General. Uh, I'll put his article up on my social media, David Webb Show. You can join me live on the David Webb Show, Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on SiriusXM Patriot 125.